Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. This is a legendary one, folks. We recorded it over a year ago via Zoom, still deep in lockdown. And many LodgeCast insiders thought it to be a lost episode. But now, on the eve of the 50th anniversary of the original Godfather, I summon the strength to edit this behemoth, and it shall finally, finally be unleashed upon the world, aged to perfection like a vintage Coppola wine. And that's spelled W-H-I-N-E. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to a very prestigious, very historic, old world episode. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is my consigliere, Brother Bishki. Lodge Master desire your consigliere, Brother Bishki. And... The podcast's very own Sonny Corleone, Brother Lucas. Hello, Lodge Master. May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, for the first time ever, we got Brother Nathan and Brother Seth together on one podcast. Give it up for these boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love America. <laughs> these are two real-life brothers my best friends, and I stood godfather to Seth's baby, Aiden. He is the godfather <laughs> to the our godfather. child. I'll, I'll always be the Fredo. Yeah, yeah. Which one's Fredo? Which one's Michael? Oh, well, Nate, Nate, got to be Fredo. Nate is constitutionally a mix of Sonny. I'm, I'm, I got Fredo's warmth though. <laughs> I always thought I was a Fredo. Always. I knew it was you, Fredo. <laughs> I knew it was you. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that makes me Don Vito Corleone. Yeah. Because I got to keep this fucking show on the rails somehow. <laughs> we are talking tonight, not just about. Francis Ford Coppola's re-edit of The Godfather Part 3, now titled Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. But Excellent. we are going to be talking about all The Godfather movies because we all ran the series. So I think we got to start from the very beginning, a very fine place to start, Godfather the First. When we revisit them in 2021... What are our feelings about this film? Who's taken the first shot here? I've seen this film so many times. I saw it first in high school at Suburban World, if you remember that, in Uptown Minneapolis. Ooh, um, yes. I was in the front row with a group, and it changed my life. And then I've seen it many times since then. The latest time I saw it was at the New Beverly Cinema about a year and a half ago. And uh, with brother Nate and, and sister May, and I mean, it's just it's four bone masterpiece. It's just he he it's alchemy. He turned it, he turned uh, Puzo's book into just one of the greatest films of all time. I mean, there's I'm here to talk Coda, but this is uh, this is. Um, <laughs> does does anybody here tonight feel that The Godfather Part One is anything less than a four bone masterpiece? 
I, I'm going to tell you, I think it's four bones. This yes. is Seth, brother Seth talking here. And I'm going yes. to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say for the first time watching it, I did notice a younger director at the helm compared to Godfather 2. Watching him like two nights in a row, you saw slight sure. things. Like there was ADR apparent in Godfather 1. There was yes. some rough edges with the narrative stuff, structure, stuff going on there where it's like time jumps. I do not think it ruins the film. I think the direction is just keeps it all together. But yeah, the vision I would, it all together. I, if we're talking Godfather 1 right now, I'm going to say I still look at Godfather 2 as the product of full vision, total total control. Coppola's got the structure figured out. Like, 2 still has this edge. But I will say my uh, when we talk about the first experience I had with Godfather and Nate, you know, yeah, this. we, we, we this. saw the Godfather saga. Yeah, so we, we, which, we rented the Godfather ooh. saga. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. It's a collected. It was a VHS release of, of the one and two cut together chronologically. Yes. Chronologically. So so chronologically. From, yeah. So, so think about from, that. Yeah. Think about Vito. You know, Vito's origin. It's 1903. 1903 to 1980, you know, uh, and, and we might have yeah. done a disservice to ourselves on that one. I think we we, we all had the v, we all had the double VHSs of these movies, right? To see the saga first, I can't even imagine what that would have been like, because that totally reimagines the whole structure. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't recall a time before that. Right, Seth, we saw the saga. We rented that. No. I don't know. So, yeah, I had I had the flu and that was the first time I saw it Yeah, that way. I think great. a lot of people <laughs> probably good. saw The Godfather for the first time when they had some sort of illness <laughs> and they couldn't move. And they're like, finally, we're just going to fucking do this. And then it still blows them away. So. Uh, brother LT, what's what's your Godfather history? Yeah, I've got a pretty deep uh, personal connection to the Godfather because when I um, moved from Northern California to Southern California in high school, it was a big culture shock for me in many ways. But the biggest, most defining way was I kind of learned about uh, movie making and filmmaking in obviously Los Angeles, where I went to high school for sophomore through senior year. And I met my very first or maybe it was my second like high school mentor uh, at this school in video production. He was like the video production, like AV club teacher, uh, mm -hmm. like director. Um, and in the classroom, he had framed original one sheets. It was like the first time I'd ever really mm. been exposed to like movie posters that weren't from the local video store because I had a lot of, I had a lot of posters <laughs> right. growing up, but they were all like new releases. And so when I went into the classroom, there was like, you know, do the right thing was framed. Blade Runner was framed. Uh, like the Marx brothers duck soup was framed. And then there was The Godfather and it was framed and I'd never seen it and I'd heard about it. And it, and it kind of annoyed me because like I was into movies then, but like I hadn't seen a lot of them. And The Godfather was one of them. It was like one of these big movies that your parents or your relatives would talk about. And, you know, everyone just talked about it with this reverence. And it was just like, why? Like, I don't see. I mean, yeah, I get what it is. It's like a gangster movie, but like, why is it better than other gangster movies? Like, you know, especially like Goodfellas or something. And so I didn't really understand it. But then when I started learning about filmmaking, like the mechanics of it and the history of it. And then when I saw the film my junior year of high school, like it really blew me away because I did not see the filmmaking. I didn't see the 
the the oh, like like the, the like it was such an like yeah, a, a, an yeah. elaborate illusion like it felt like it was a time machine yeah. like it really feels like an ethnographic documentary of a time and place of 1940s so like right New York. And, and yeah and so now i and then i understood i was like oh i see like this is like italian neorealism almost like like you know roberto uh rossellini or something because this is this is naturalistic this is all very grounded gritty relatable uh humanity or versus and the versimilitude is just off the charts and when you start to figure out how old yeah marlon brando was and where he was yeah. at as an actor mm -hmm. like you can't even really make the connection that it's the same person honestly and i think it's i think true. we all had a ton of references before you know there's so many iconic scenes and and lines oh, yeah. the horse head in the bed uh you know i'll make him an offer he can't refuse those things that you it has such a long shadow and then all of a sudden you see them click together in the, in the tapestry that yeah. Coppola made. And it's I, amazing. I, 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 jumping off what you're saying, brother, Nate, literal brother, Nate, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really now I'm watching it in relation to, um, what you're saying, Lucas, the realism, but this, uh, elevation of genre, I don't know if that's like the, one of the first examples of genre getting kind of elevated, but it being related to the Cagney picture, the, the Warner Brothers gangster movies and all of those things that I've seen now as and re-explored as an adult and seeing Coppola taking those references and infusing his influences with like world cinema at the time, all the stuff going on in Europe and, and all the new American cinema that eventually came as a result of Godfather being one of the big movies that you right. know, um, I see it in relationship now to that. And what's interesting to me is I hear, I, I heard like, uh, I don't know if it was Hyman Roth in Godfather 2, but he wanted Cagney for a role. And that mm. makes total sense. I never that thought like, yeah. That makes complete sense. Angel with dirty faces. And Sinat yeah. Right. And Sinatra for, uh, for Eli Wallach's in the, in the coda. We call yep. it coda now. But, but I see that now and I go like, okay, it does exist in relationship to, you know, what came before and, 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 the, and the, maybe the lower genres because this is, I've always watched it as what you're saying is this elevated thing, this this thing yes. that yeah. exists and, 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 yeah. and, and amber. And a piece of, uh, piece of cinema that was adopted by like the Costa Nostra and, and actually how these guys operated. I mean, it, yeah. it has, a, it has yeah. a legacy that we are, we're so beyond. Before, these guys would model themselves after Vito Corleone. It's amazing. Um, so yeah. so those things that, are intrinsically linked. It was that seismic of an event that the people that it was dramatizing dramatized themselves after the dramatization like that's power that's a power so that's great that we have we have this baseline of reverence i have a few small things that i know you, you notice something new every time you watch this movie because even in the wedding scene that opens it there's so much going on it's it's like a gigantic yeah. painting that you can just live in and see different things but Don Corleone's cat deserved a supporting actor Oscar. Like that cat, you watch that cat in his hands and it like it it sets the character up for me. That cat loves him so much and just the the gentleness with which he holds it and the reverence that the cat has for him not even to mention everybody else in the movie, but that cat is a key, key character for me. Mm -hmm. So if you watch this again, keep an eye out for that cat. Yeah, I, I, I'm, go I'm going to. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. Like I, I, when I was rewatching it, the first thing that I noticed that I hadn't seen or noticed before, and I was so like gobsmacked, 
is the scene where Al Pacino is like standing guard outside his father's hospital. And he's like with this yeah. other Italian guy, like this baker. And the baker's like really afraid of like being shot. And he's like shaking and he's like trying to light a cigarette and you can't light it. Yes. And Pacino takes yes. the lighter from him and lights it. But then Pacino steady. Look, yeah. His, he looks at his hand. He's at this moment where he's like, oh, my hand's not shaking. And like, oh my you God. don't even yeah, you yeah. don't even like catch it the oh, first time. So good. It's stuff, it's stuff first, like I, that. That's just like oh. I exactly. I actually made a note with my wife as we watched it, that he does it. He takes the lighter and just kind of. He's so cool and calculated. So cool. Like, that might be one of the first signs that he really is yeah. uh, very detached. Yeah. Like yeah. that's one of yeah. those kind of early Still signs that Michael, where Michael goes, because I was trying to track, and this is something that maybe I have an issue with with Godfather 1, is the turn with Michael. Um, and mm. and did, does it work for me? I think in the end, in the wash, it does. But I, I I felt like wow he really goes hard like in another direction, and I think that the the pathway obviously is his father being hurt and, I think, and yes. almost I think killed. When he you sees, know, sure. when sunny. he sees that his father is not only hurt, you know, he's he's his life is threatened, and his life is going to be consistently threatened. That's when he kicks into gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Another another little detail. Uh, speaking of the horse in the bed, uh, Waltz, the movie mogul, his headboard, it's a four bone headboard, like <laughs> amazing, amazing, just golden, glittery. I've never seen anything like it. So and then, keep an eye and, out for that. Headboard. And then in that same scene, yeah. not only the headboard, but on the nightstand, like the bedside table is an Academy Award statuette. And I'm convinced, this is my own hunch, <laughs> that it's Coppola's Oscar for Patton that he, he won for that screenplay. And, yeah, I th and I think he put it in there for set dressing because they were like, he's a, yeah. he's a studio right. guy. He's a Hollywood guy. Yeah. And these these, mov these movies have so much opulence and 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 dinners and stuff. So like, it, it suffers, <laughs> I, this is this suffered from the curse of Sopranos where you just want to drink, yes. man, you want to drink wine and you want to yes. eat meatball spaghetti like yes. all the time. They're dipping, they're dipping the bread in the sauce. Man, throw some sugar in oh, sweet, and like all the time i was thinking about it all weekend you know uh three didn't have too much uh, don't forget I the cannolis i was looking yeah. through postmates and i'm like uh what would be served at this particular party during this god i actually so. had spaghetti and meatballs and pepperoni <laughs> pizza <laughs> while while watching <laughs> these movies it's perfect uh, and you kind of you kind of act like them too you know there, there's that stigma too yep. sopranos had that too where you just all of a sudden you look in the mirror oh, you're yeah. like man i'm acting like tony soprano over here or i'm acting like Vito. I, you know you're Scratching right here on your cheek and everything. When I finally got my mom to watch uh, The Sopranos, she was very hesitant, but she loves the Godfather movies. So I said, you right. will guzzle yeah. this down. And she's like, I don't think so. She watched it in like a week. Oh, shit, yeah. And she <laughs> told me, she's like, she's like, always resist. She's like, whenever Tony pours a whiskey, I poured a whiskey. And I'm like, mom, yeah. locked Gobble, in. Oh, man. Good for you. <laughs> I, Good for you. I, I do want to talk about The Sopranos, but I'll, I'll get to it later. <laughs> Okay. Well, that, no, uh, and that's yeah. that's it's certainly uh, further viewing. For if you if you've yes. extinguished yeah. all yeah. the Godfathers, you have to go to Sopranos. Another spicy detail: after Michael assassinates the dudes in the Italian restaurant, the way he drops the gun is exactly yeah. the way he drops the gun in Carlito's way. Watch both <laughs> movies. Really? So his hand goes up, his hand oh, goes up, it. and he's out. I That's love it. Oh, dude, I love it. That's a Freudian gun drop. You can't, you yes, can't cheat that. Like, that's the, just who Pacino is deep down. 
it, Matt, I mean, Matt, you touched on my favorite, my favorite scene in the film is the assassination in the, in the, in the oh, restaurant. Yeah, oh, so that, beautiful. Is, that is film school in a box. I mean, it cross cuts with oh. the elevated train and that sound. Uh, uh, it, it is one of the most intense sequences. Yeah. And how, how Michael spliffs everything that he's been told to do. Uh, it, yeah, definitely that. But I think the realistic nature of the violence is very arresting there yeah. when he shoots Sterling Hayden, for example. And just the simple uh, idea of is the gun going to be there or not? Uh, he reaches up behind the toilet and it doesn't seem like it's there at first. He's, he's looking for it. Around he's, a look, he's looking for it. Oh, well, oh. yeah. The mister the misdirect where the meeting might not be at the place that they want, and then they go over the bridge oh, and do a U turn. All and that I, stuff I, is just tense. We go to New forget. Jersey. In my dorm room, my freshman year, I had a poster up of that still of Michael pointing the gun at McCluskey. <laughs> it was like, that we was it. It was just that. Two, I think. Um, but I like, like no, what I, what I also love about uh, not that 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 scene particularly, but but, but like when McCluskey smashes Pacino's jaw his jaw yes. is then like his dad. So he kind of, we're talking about yes. a dirty cop. We're talking about yes. a cop that was on the take. And he's got <laughs> yeah. like the, the, the hound dog, Don Corleone. Parallels. Yeah, it's yep. such a great parallel. And like no one today, I think, in filmmaking really like has those like lines to connect or whatever. No. Like and you can no. track the time. You can track the timeline with his jaw, too. I didn't notice that when when Michael it's has great. to go to to Sicily, that that it, time hadn't been that the time jump wasn't that big. Yeah, I, I assumed. So he's right there kind of coming right off of that. And then, and then going further into, you know, uh, we could talk about Godfather for days, but just the way he goes into his relationship with Apollonia, Faye or Kay, what's yep. her name? It's <laughs> a memory, Kay. a distant memory. Diane Keaton is gone in his mind. And those were always <laughs> things when, as a young kid watching, I was like the change I went with it. And now I, yes. and, and I, and, and, to me, it's when he finally makes the turn and it has to happen and it's great. Those were the things that I paid attention to a little bit more in Godfather one. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's such a difficult turn and it's such a fine to get Al Pacino right then. We can talk about oh, how, so how Pacino has changed and he's, and he's very different in all three of films. Yeah. There's, this is Pacino yes. 1.0. And when we get to Coda, it's modern. Yeah. Oh, dude, we get Soda, yeah. It's Pacino. Yeah, we'll, Pacino. we'll get to that. We'll get when, to that. I'm going to, I'm going to say there's a 2.0 there with cruising up to about Sea of Love and then we are in 3.0. <laughs> the, there, there, there is an exciting actor in that young Pacino. Uh, there's Panic in Needle Park. Oh, there, there's, other, there's other titles that I just love. Scare, and, scare and he isn't he isn't this hoo-ha, you know, he isn't the hoo-ha Pacino I call, that we all know. I call part three hoo-ha Pacino. Yeah, we got hoo-ha After coming. that, it's, it's, it's all It's big it's boy all Caprice uh, Pacino. <laughs> Oh, Devil's Advocate, too, uh, another, which I think was similar. Yeah. Another point that Seth mentioned, and this is going to be consistent throughout the trilogy, is the shaky ADR line reads. And you can predict when they're going to happen because it's whenever Diane Keaton's around, you are going <laughs> to get some really rough ADR and you're going to have to just overlook it. Mm -hmm. And it's just part, it's part of the soup. It's part of the minestrone. But that's pretty much the only criticism I have of this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's is that's really work a, on yeah. those ADR because <laughs> it's so confident right away. I mean, everything and about that. For those of you who don't yeah. know what ADR is, it's yeah. a it's a re-recording of certain lines. So Lodge Master has is 
you're right. You, you got it. It's like it's there in the K. It's in the it's, if you really want to look for one scene as an example, it's it's the uh, when Michael comes back to bring yep. K back into yep. his life. Yep. But you're not like him, Michael. I thought you weren't going to become a man like your father. That's what you told me. My father's no different than any other powerful man. And I think that it it just says a lot that in the flow of everything, it's working fine. And, and, yes. and Michael kind of seducing her back. You're just watching it. And you, you but yeah. I did notice just the, these it. rough edges that were there in the yeah. first film. Yeah. Well, Godfather, the original is a great film. Are, are, we, are we ready to move on? Nope. Nope. Okay. Not yet. Sorry. Sorry. With a lot of movies, M, M. Night Shyamalan knows this. If you have the perfect ending, so many sins are forgiven. And, the Godfather doesn't really even commit many sins. So when it delivers this perfect fucking ending with that door clicking shut. Yeah. It's like a freight it, it's train so great. It's so to great. the face every single time. I feel like Richard Dreyfus at the end of Mr. Holland's opus when he's conducting said opus and he hits that final <laughs> note. It's that that goofy orgasmic look on Dreyfus's face is exactly the way I feel every time I see the credits roll on The Godfather. It's just, <laughs> oh, and it, it, it's it, seamless. It, it, it really, seamless. It really heralds like this new cinematic auteur. You know, like the whole thing when you think about yes. George Lucas and you think about, I love thinking about those days of those guys. I love the American Zoetrope guys uh, and all of them had these passion projects. But then you look at Godfather, which had this commercial appeal and Coppola at the yeah. helm. And he was just, to me, he, he was the together. best. He was the best. And we'll talk about his career as it goes from the, the, the next film that he did before Godfather two. <laughs> uh, it's really, he, he could do no wrong. Like to me, he can do right. no wrong at that, at that time. I really love Coppola. Consigliere Bischke, do you have a transition? Well, I was saying Godfather's a great film, but yeah. <laughs> there's an even better film. It's maybe the greatest <laughs> film of all time. It's called Godfather Part uh, Two. Well, Seth and I had this fight, right? Seth was a Godfather Two, and I was Godfather One, and it's the Star Wars Empire thing, you know. It's the Star Wars Empire. Always, yeah, that's the analogy yeah. I like to make. Like hell yeah, well, Godfather you, Two is a better film, and it's and it's very mature. But you can't have that without the structure of one. You exactly, you get yeah. into this structural uh, like that's what it comes down to is like you can't have two without one. But I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I watched two again. There's a gap there. He's making conversation at the same time. Yeah. All right. And two's structure, which was totally lost on us when we watched the saga, is watchable. <laughs> it's so watchable. And I, and I, I, I couldn't like. I, th I thought maybe that was going to be a problem for me watching Godfather two again. It's like I hope I really like it still. And I still <laughs> can go right back into De Niro. Go right back to Las Vegas. Hyman Roth. And go, and I find the. The structure of that, of Godfather 2, and we'll get to this in general about the structure of each film, I feel as a movie, watch. I really watch them as movies. And this is in an era now where these would be long-form prestige television to me, yes. these types of things. Good point. I'll get, I'll get point. to it, but I, I, I did just, just very definitively want to watch these as movies, and Godfather 2 as a movie still works it, uh, because it keeps Vito as a part of the of sure. the relationship with Michael. Um, Godfather three, we'll get to it. That's gone, and I think that there is something about the way, like we call them classic, because you have a little bit with Godfather one and two. You still have Brando's shadow, yeah, throughout throughout pervading everything. 
But that that's a thought as I watch Godfather 2. Now, Seth, I did see on Letterboxd that it is listed as your all-time favorite film. And I am sensitive to that. And I would love to see you cosplay as Havana Ware, Michael Corleone for Halloween. Sometime. Oh, you could do all the Pacinos. Uh, you could do all of them. <laughs> you could do Scarface and I, too. And I did enjoy part two more this time, but I can't help but feel that it is still just deeply unnecessary. Mm. Just mm. unnecessary. Well, that, that wow. mm. It's hard to it's hard to agree because of how hard to dis. Well, I understand. I love I Godfather understand. One too. I'm a Godfather One fan for sure as well. But the structure of two is what makes it to novel. To me, the yeah. tale of, of Michael's arc from good to evil is fully contained in part one. The microphone, as they say, is dropped, and I could extrapolate easily. The rest of the shit that goes down, I don't need to even see it. But there it is in longer form, just belaboring the point that this man is losing his soul. I don't care. I was going to raise, raise the specter of Coda about there for a second. I was really, because I remember Lodgemaster over a text, you were like, I don't know if Godfather 2 really holds up. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to watch it again. I'm, I'm in the minority. I'm going to watch vast, it again. And I was like, you're out of your minority. mind. You're out of your damn mind. This is a four bone. Listen, the acting is great. The movie looks flawless. Fredo is a character for the ages. But the whole movie, a, an attempt is made on Michael's life. And he's got to figure out who who done it. Uh, in the, in the modern like timeline. One, yeah. In the modern timeline. That would be like one thimble full of plot in the first movie that would be happening throughout while other shit was going on for this movie it's the whole fucking movie and then the stuff with Vito in the past yeah he came from nothing and he came he, he came up there's nothing surprising to me or informative of who he became so I can't care about it and I feel handicapped because everybody else is is like oh masterful masterpiece. Well, it, it 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 is. It's the, redundant to me. A, it's the greatest, possibly the greatest performance by an American actor in 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 uh, American film. And you're speaking. Ever. You're speaking to who? Pacino. Pacino. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like as a, as a sorry. <laughs> second, De Niro's no second, I, Yeah, De Niro at, is is a great piece of casting. Which I think it's like it's weird. You watch Brando. He's no. There's no way he is a young Brando, but somewhere in the gaps between the young version sure. and, and Brando, you just, you just, yeah, oh, he captures, because yeah, Brando, he Brando was never quite Italian. And then like, but he, he becomes more <laughs> Italian to you. Like, right. Two, I think that it's like, yeah, you could, you could say that like uh, Pacino, Michael and Godfather two starts as, as a stone and the stone crumbles. And the stone was set in the, in that last shot of Godfather one, the stone continues to be a stone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think, um, I do think it shows it, they, they, it, it's Michael living in relationship to his father, trying to be his father, you, and that whole movie, Godfather Two, is about how he can never live up to that, yeah, and how mm-hmm. he can't, mm-hmm. and and how he also, I think, if, if the large metaphor is about how, you know, a, a kind of indictment of. American business culture that starts to become more apparent in Godfather 2, the way he runs it like this cold corporation. I think seeing that side of 
the mafia, his response to his father and trying to still live up to it and not being the man his father was as a character portrait. I think Godfather two has to be there with Godfather one. Yeah. And I think they exist in relationship and and intercutting it with the rise of Vito, you know, and Vito's kind of the respect that Vito gets versus Michael's sort of downfall. I mean, did I care about how Darth Vader came to be? No, I did. I didn't. I didn't need the prequels. So <laughs> it's the same thing. Heresy. Heresy. Scenes. I really <laughs> you might be the like. only person saying that, though, man. I know. Every frame of Fredo is great. Yeah. The whole movie should have been just about focusing on that. Lucas, you got something to say to this? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's blasphemy. I don't know what you're talking about, Lodge Master, <laughs> sure, because. Sure. That's because fine. it is it is it is maybe a little redundant but i mean i think the brilliance of it's it completely redundant is that it's both a sequel like a continuation of the first film's story as well as this flashback origin story of the original godfather and like how they kind of overlap and yeah like bishki said the parallels uh between them um i i just love it because to me it's got more plot and drama And especially with, you know, John Cazale, who plays Fredo like that to me, more plot like it's well, I mean, I I, I feel, yeah, there's there's more going on, like with the Hyman Roth, like Cuba stuff than in the original film, where it just seems like it's a vendetta from one family against another. But like, it's not just uh, Fredo. It's also the the abortion scene with Kay, right? Like yeah. that scene alone, scene. that scene in the history of cinema. Scene. Like I don't think, yep. like, talk I don't think any scenes co- come close to that because you can have scenes yeah. where someone's like, I got an abortion, but try having that scene in an Italian American family, Catholic family, uh, gangster family, white patriarchal family. Like I mean, when he smacks her, like it's crazy. Like it's utterly crazy. My favorite rough ADR in this film again has to do with Diane Keaton and it's when they're dancing at the party and Michael says how's the baby and she says sleeping inside me does it feel like a boy yes yes it does Michael <laughs> Love it. Well, it's, I, it's beautiful. It, it's an interesting thing to think about what part two would be without the veto, you know, crop you know, cutting cross back with the veto rise. I, I don't think it would be very strong of a film. I mean, what makes it novel for me is, is that, that idea of the, of their rise and their dreams and how they, how they mirror each other. That's part two for me. Um, and we, we did grow up with saga, you know, which, which had it all clunkily jammed together. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they and were it, very and was, strong scenes, you know. The gaps were filled in between. And so Godfather 1 and 2 became this lumpy thing. Let's just call it for what it is. It became, but it but it felt, sure. they were shot, they were made so closely together that they felt like I had no idea at the end of the day that when I finally saw Godfather 2 discreetly from one first time we got yeah. the two discs. I have no idea who VHS. clamored for the Godfather like, oh, saga. Oh, that was Godfather 2. Like the scene at the end where Michael's <laughs> at the table and they couldn't get they couldn't get Brando back for one day. I, I thought that was Godfather 1 in Saga. You guys' brains got warped from we the saga. We got really messed age. up. We got messed up by Walter Murch. Your parents should have been watching over that. Yeah, for our listeners out there, that'd be, that'd be like watching... Fox TV's chronological edited Pulp Fiction uh, version where they broadcast <laughs> yeah, the movie it's like, like it's from like start to Memento in you know in, in a yeah. non chronological way or, or straight, straight chronological again. way. So it's like no, this, but it doesn't work. It doesn't I, have power I, to it. I have always loved the final 
the juxtaposition in the final two shots of Godfather 2, where it's Michael and his father uh, in this golden age saying goodbye and, and kind of like what, what Vito might have wanted for his favorite son. And then Michael sitting in this autumnal kind of just disintegration of his soul at the end. And you're done. It's done. Yes. Yeah, that's really where I the will, story I will is. Say, <laughs> I will say part two gets better as it goes. But I will also compare it to the endless possible at Olive Garden. So <laughs> say you get say you get spaghetti with like five cheese marinara for your first bowl. That's Godfather Part One, and then they ask you if you'd like you know maybe a different type of pasta or a different type of sauce, like you, if you want to mix it up a little bit. And you say, forget about it. I just want the spaghetti and the five cheese and marinara. But this time, please take a really long time of bringing it to me. Yeah. That's Godfather Part Two. He, well, Seth touched on his. I don't need it. Seth touched on his favorite scene in in, in two, and I want to hear. I want to hear other people's favorite in two. What really stands out for Part Two? Lodge Master, give us give us some love. <laughs> the big abortion blow up between Kay and Michael is great. The Vito getting revenge in Italy scene is fantastic. <laughs> the boathouse scene yeah. with Michael and Connie is fantastic. The basically any time. Anytime oh. it allows the characters to be even remotely emotional with each other, I'm in. I'm locked in. But when it's about just the cold machinations of the fucking who who done it, who who tried to kill Michael plot, I don't give a shit. No, my my favorite is uh, the flashback with De Niro and his buddy Clemenza, played by Bruno Kirby. Is like my rug is at my friend's house. I need to go yeah. get my rug, and he's like, okay. And they like break into someone's house to steal the rug, and then a random person like <laughs> knocks on the door, and Clemenza like pulls out a pistol and is like holding it, like ready to murder yeah, whoever that. walks in. And I'm just like, oh my god, like that is so crazy. That also shows up in Carlito's way. <laughs> if we don't talk about just in 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 isolation how masterful the killing of Fanucci is yeah, yeah. that's my favorite scene uh, and, that's my favorite and, scene and and the um the little thing with the light where it catches on fire I, I love those little details where he's in the dark yeah, yeah. that's my favorite yeah. process where he yeah. shoots and the and the it ignites and it catches on fire because it's unexpected and yeah. then and then when he breaks I, up the pistol and puts it and down he's put, oh, on the yep, rooftop I'll give and it that up is for just that. masterfully shot and how and how all of that would be like that whole block that he redid, he redid would be digital now. Like, but it's per, it's like <laughs> it's perfect. True. Oh it's, no, it's true. It would be extended. It would be longer than it There'd has be to be. There'd be some too. amazing CGI sunsets. Yeah, yeah. Little oh, little hothead uh, trivia is uh, apparently Francis Ford Coppola was having an affair during Godfather Part Two with the uh, future writer, <laughs> Melissa Matheson, who wrote oh, E.T. Oh, shit. And that's Ford's, uh, Harrison Ford, yeah. Yeah, I think she was like a PA on the on the show, and they started to have like a, a fling. We, God, I thought wow. you were going to say like Kathleen Kennedy, like way back. Like they're all so connected up there. We really yeah. should we really <laughs> should mention how great Tom Hagen, the character is, uh, Robert Duvall's portrayal. Yes. Like he is a solid anchor through through the films. And it's and this really is the a last shame. time we're yeah, going to see know, him. Really yeah. Yeah. It's a good oh, segue. We'll it's yeah. a perfect, perfect segue. Perfect segue. Consigliere Bischke, can you transition us? At 40 minutes into this fucking <laughs> oh, podcast, Christ. here we go. Into Come the on. movie that we're supposed to be talking about. Well, the movie that I came to talk about and that I watched a couple days ago <laughs> was called Mario Puzo's Mario? Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael yes. Corleone. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And that's the movie I took notes on, and that's the movie I'm here to talk about. <laughs> and, um, and this is a brand new edit. 
It's about the yes. it's about the same length. I think it's actually a couple It's a little shorter. It's a couple minutes even shorter somehow. Uh which is and, very intriguing. Well, there's no Coppola. spoiler there. This is the same film. I mean, it is the same film. There really is these it's little the exception the of the beginning, yeah. Yeah, there's little and the little tuck, knit, knit and tucks here, but it's really the same story in the same breath. So all the problems you're going to have with that with the first cut, which, which, which shocked me, which shocked me because he changed the title. So when, when the title is Coda colon and then a separate title card, <laughs> the death of Michael Corleone in my brain, I'm thinking he's going to cut out his daughter. He's going to cut out Andy mm, Garcia. Right, all the problems. He's gonna, it's going to, he's going to cut out everybody <laughs> except Al Pacino, because that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, we're redemption. still, we're still going to have Bridget Fonda, I guess. Wow. But there is there is a major change to the beginning, which I think is very important. You start the Vatican plot right off the bat where he's yeah. meeting with the archbishop. It's good. Whereas that is scene good. used to be forty minutes into the movie. Agreed, yeah. So okay. that's you know, good. if you were if you were watching part three, you know, original flavor, you're you like, know, what is long, this about? Like, where is this going? Yes. What the fuck a long am I watching? Right, I'm, right. I'm going to yeah. go that, on a limb and, and say nobody watched the first cut, right? <laughs> in comparison. Well, I did. Uh, I did. I did. You did, Lucas? Oh, I, 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 uh, well, here's the thing. Growing up in high school, again, like the first two were always great and everyone said the third one's terrible. And eventually when I saw the third one, yeah, it doesn't have Brando. It doesn't have Duvall. It doesn't have Kazal. It's missing a lot of things. And it has like George Hamilton instead, or yeah, Eli yeah, Wallace. Yeah. George Hamilton is the third uh, person you see on screen. Uh, uh, Just um, really a step down. So, from so I always, so I always knew part three was bad, but I never watched it as a fully formed adult who like pays his taxes and like picks up his dry cleaning <laughs> and is like, you know, lived yeah. life like the way I have. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, I rewatched the first three over a course of like two or three nights. And then I watched Coda the Love night it. after. So let me wow. just tell you, Love yeah, wow. Lodge Master is correct. Like in the original three, for the first hour, you're like, what the fuck is this about? And then finally, the Vatican's like, we need you to uh, give us your money because we're in trouble. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, brother, brother Lucas, I got a question for you because I, I I didn't go that far. And, and we did not just and, you definitely know, it's didn't above the new beyond. Godfather 3. I'm not going to watch. Uh, I think I've seen the original Godfather 3. It's hard. Three times it was hard in my life. But I want to ask you, I. I felt like Vincent Mancini's character showed up uh, more concretely sooner yes. uh, and was more, you know, like more prominence. Well, it, he kind of shows up at the same time. You know, obviously the, the 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 coda has a shorter beginning, but he shows up in the same way. This is the Andy Garcia character, by the like way. Like where yeah. he like gets the bouncer and some kind of man dance. Like, you want to dance with me? Like, you yeah. want to dance? Yeah. Um, and it's the same intro, but... but Hashtag man dance. Yeah, I was shocked that... that uh, he kept a lot of that stuff in because, oh, my God, I love and look, I love Andy Garcia. I truly love him. He's good in a certain type of role. And when you're asking him to play like a loud, fiery, curly haired Italian, uh, it's he's not strong. Like so when he's acting tough and crazy, it's like, oh, boy, this it, is, feels, I, it feels I, like I, play acting every time. He's yeah, a tough like guy, this tough guy is antics. not good. <laughs> I what uh, you're what you're putting your finger on I felt for for Joey Zaza 
for, uh, you know, I felt that. <laughs> That's Joe Mantegna uh, with the voice of Fat Tony from The Simpsons. Yeah, we can't, I felt that. Right <laughs> we can't unlink that. Oh, and, Amazing. Ta- and Talia Cher is like got a much more bulked up role because she's like she's picking up some yeah. of Robert Duvall's Connie, heavy Connie lifting. Connie definitely steps up in this and, one. And look, yeah. I've never, yeah. ever had a problem with Talia Shar. I think she's fine. She's she's Jason Schwartzman's mom, for the record. She was in the movie Rad, which we all love. Um, yes, she was that her husband directed, but but yeah, but, Adrian, but in part three, <laughs> I know Adrian. She, is, she is so committed. <laughs> she almost is like distracting, where she's like a bad extra, you know. Where whenever she's she, yeah. Andy Garcia's hype man in this, oh, anything he says, she's man. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, somebody hail man. We got could somebody. Oh, I'm sorry, father. We got to circle back to Andy motherfucking Garcia because he is a hot and spicy addition to this cast. He plays Sonny's bastard son. And I wrote down, you know, I can't tell if he's fantastic or miscast or both. And I was pretty sure it's both. So I think he is miscast-tastic in this. And I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like I invited him in and I'm like, listen, I'm going to accept you. Let's see where this goes. I did the same thing. I was like, it was a very pleasant experience. You know, speaking of some of the other people (laughs) that are, that have been the nosedive for the film, Sophia, we'll we'll, we'll get to her, but let's talk about, let's, let's talk about before Sophia, let's talk about Bridget Fonda in possibly the most thankless role of her career. (laughs) So another, Another question for Brother Lucas is, did she get cut down? I remember her being a little little more meat on the bone for that character. No, Which, what's crazy? No, okay. no, what's crazy to okay. me is her scenes in Coda survived. Like, they're exactly the same as part three. And I thought 100% he's going to cut her out for Coda because she's only in those two scenes in part three yeah, here in yeah. Coda. So but it's, it's a, like... It's a, a big scene with the with the home invasion. I know, yeah. but like, why her? Like, like Lodge Master's yeah. correct. Like, it could have been a day player. It could have been an Italian. It could have been anybody. Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Sophia should have been used. Yeah. The shaky ADR is back, and it hits Bridget Fonda pretty hard. Sophia's waiting in the wings. We're gonna get to her, folks. Let's wrap out Bridget Fonda. She, her big part of this movie is walking through Garcia's apartment in like a, a leather jacket, jacket leather jacket, yeah, smoking hot. Like, like she I never thought great. Bridget, I never she thought Bridget great. Fonda was like a hot tamale, but, but in that scene, I was like, holy shit! The home invasion scene is fantastic, you guys. Yes, yeah, I don't. I, I liked. No, that no, no. Can we stand? No, no. Let, yeah. let me give our listeners a picture, right? Because I hadn't seen the third one in a long time. And the last time I saw it, it was on a tiny ass TV. And, sure. and now I'm projecting, you know, Blu-ray, you right. 1080p. I've got like a hundred inch throw up and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the home invasion scene. And the way he sets it up is so good. Like they just, they just like Andy Garcia yeah. and Bridget Fonda are post-coital. They're making small talk. Do you love me? Say you love me. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I love you. He's like, go get me a glass of water. ADR. I can't believe I'm actually getting up to do this. Get me a glass of water, big man cake. Whatever happened to please. So she puts on his leather jacket, nude, walks down this hallway of like his tenement. It's he like sends, he sends her to danger. Yeah, you know he I heard mean? he heard yes. like a slight noise. She walks. It's like one long take. She walks down the hallway, 
into the kitchen. She's kind of talking to herself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I getting this asshole yeah, like, a glass of water? Yeah, yeah. And she goes over to the fridge. The camera pans over, but she hears something. You know, she feels the winds blowing. There's like wind blowing. Mm-hmm. And the, the camera open, pans yeah. over and like the back door to the terrace, like the, the porch or the roof is like open. And so she just kind of very casually walks over to close it. And like, as she closes it, this dude in like a, a stocking and a knife jumps out of the shadows and grabs her. And I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yeah, ah! like, like I was, I, I was literally like on the edge yeah. of my seat and it was like a pop out, but like it was an earned, like just pop out. Like it was such a good, like, Oh my God, it got me. Like it really got me. It's, it's great. It's good it's direction great. from Coppola in his, in, in that era. It, oh. in, in, uh, you, if you compare it to, to other, big sequences like the assassination sequence which i think is clunky in with the helicopter uh in, in atlantic city oh, it is. you, you it can is. settle right down it seth is. we'll get to that <laughs> okay and if you go to the end i think there are flourishes where it's like that's coppola golden age coppola like to me that was a, a hint of the old director back and that punctuation with violence at the at, like which is the most shocking violence actually more than the horse head to me to jump on something disturbing though the first time <laughs> yeah. we cut to andy and bridget in bed uh andy's chest hair is just gross <laughs> well it's it's, it's, like, uh, it's like it's like robin james williams Conn. that that is something i remembered and, and well, i was james you know, Conn, it was yeah. gonna come again i mean a it's, couple of hair notes i mean he inherited it from his dad james yeah, it's, it's sonny's chest hair it's 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 the most outrageous <laughs> chest hair. And and also, I mean, Andy has a crazy widow's peak. And, and you know, we could talk about that for days, but I wish he uh, he never played a vampire in anything. I, he should have. We could they, talk. Yeah. We could talk about Andy Garcia's widow peak, widow's peak four days. But that was one of the things. Larry Bishke, please take us into the topic that you are dying to talk about. Sofia Coppola. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Uh, editor, just one more note. One more note. I want to get note. this in. On, uh, but can we? I want to close out the thought on Andy. Okay. Yeah. So right. Andy Garcia's casting at this point in time, I think, is good. I am with you, Lodge Master, on just where does he sit? Do I like it? Do I not? I feel like he's a necessary character. I am glad it wasn't Anthony. I'm glad it wasn't his son. I'm glad it was this other thing. The, this son, weird, the son gave yeah. me major Jared Kushner vibes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, another uh. trivia piece is that in another world, in a late 70s Godfather 3, they were pushing Coppola to do Travolta as Anthony in a Godfather oh. 3. Oh, oh, don't tease me. me. That's, don't that's tease a tidbit I want. Oh, but anyway, uh, yeah, anyway yeah, okay, yeah. a necessary character, also a character that would have taken the, this series into the 80s and the more purely Which sociopathic. Should never happen, uh, right? Like <laughs> mafia movie it could have been in the 80s. Yes, yes. Um, so to me, it was like a necessary character. Sure. That, that's my thought on, on him. I'm with you. Movie. All right, now to Mary. Consigliere Bischke, the floor is yours. We're talking about writer, director, actor, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> I mean, wasn't this, Bishki, wasn't this the, the major thumping point of the reviews in 1990? I mean, wasn't she? She yes. got hammered in the reviews. Yes. And rightfully so. This is one of the yeah. most fatal performances. It's an all-timer. 
in mm. any it's movie. an important like, role and and let's be real like it should have been an italian actress like some discovery sophia loren in 1989 or 1990 whatever like there was someone out but there no, that could have no. played it and <laughs> it was a, we all know the winona, winona Ryder was hired and she mm-hmm. could have done and it and she went to rome mm-hmm. and she fell ill and then slipped out and went to do Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, so, and Julia Roberts was was apparently cast at one Julia point. Julia Roberts. Jeez, I yeah. think Winona would have done would have brought the right star power for that role. Yes. And also she can do those scenes. You know, she needs to have chemistry with Vincent and she you but, know, Sophia. But as not. it is, it is very creepy that Francis yeah. Ford Coppola cast his own daughter in a role where she shamelessly lusts. For her cousin, Andy incest, Garcia. incest, folks. One of her real one of incest. Her first lines. One of her first lines as she's uh, hitting on Andy Garcia is, "You know, you haven't kissed me hello yet. Relatives always kiss." Oh no, we're related. I'm your little cousin. Relatives always kiss. <laughs> pretty good. I'm your little cousin, <laughs> Matt. That's pretty uh, good first and, and I'm your little cousin. And it's it's you. dubbed. She's dubbed. Like her yeah, whole her yes. whole performance oh. is looped. Like the entire oh. thing, top to bottom. She just yeah. wasn't loud enough. And I thought I yeah. thought in Coda, a Coppola would have cut her out or omitted her completely, or B he would no, have at least re- redubbed her lines as an adult because she could not speak as a teenager. And I think she was eighteen or nineteen when they shot it, but she yeah. looks and acts like she's fourteen or fifteen. Like it mm-hmm. is so I was, bad. I, Lucas brings up a good point. I, mean, I was looking for that too. Maybe a recut of her performance, or or play it on the other actors. But I, I, I'm not sure if he has materials I don't think to work he touched with. It. He didn't touch so, it at all. So he definitely did not playing, touch it playing the person that's just saying I, I haven't seen godfather three enough like this person that has only seen it three times in my life i thought they did cut her down in this or he did I, it's it's still pretty the much cano- preserved, the, can- the cannoli like that it's all there from top to bottom it's all still there all it's over. all those over th- it. it's all those things you're talking about it's it's performance it's uh technical issues like the adr coming up again here the writing for her is pretty bad too. The dialogue itself it is, yeah. is the story sucks. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing and sucks. And the story, yeah, it's just all bad. It's it's hard to make kissing cousin incest plots work with any sort of writing and or I, any how, sort of performance. Yeah, how does Michael not get in between these two? I, I don't. He's I don't, passive. He's so he's tired <laughs> in this movie that it's like he oh, certainly he, he he tells Anthony Andy Garcia like stop, and he's like okay, he does, and he yeah, and yeah. Takani or he says it's dangerous you know he keeps saying it's dangerous well i want to ask it's brother bisky like brother bisky as probably the biggest sofia coppola fan in the group right now <laughs> how do you feel watching oh i feel terrible for her. i mean she <laughs> you know she was very young only like a father's yeah. love would like continue shooting with her in that uh, you know in the way that yes in the yeah, way like, that it, he's keep thinking coppola, about one of the great directors is watching this play out how does he not shut production down and say we have to recast this like this is like only How, apparently the other the other blind. actors complained as well. Like it was mm. known. Like everybody was upset. I I, I was going to say so like. Awkward. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how did Sophia herself not tell her dad, like, you know, Pop, like, I love you and I appreciate you trying to give me this experience as an artist. But I, as a woman, as a young girl, teenage girl, don't really feel cool or comfortable with you watching me make out with a grown 30 something year old man with chest hair on a set full of Teamsters. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's something so there. awkward. It's so cringe. It's just painful. It's they're, really they're, fucking Freud would have a field day like watching it. Like, yeah. It blows my mind. It's like I can't even think of a modern day equivalent of it. But if some if some filmmaker today was like doing the same thing, it would be like Twitter would burn them at the stake. Yeah. I mean, obviously, part three is it, it, part three is passionate. It's a passion project. There, it's a very personal film. I mean, there there is this thing that's blinding Coppola where they had they had a child that died roughly around this time. And this is some, you know, maybe replacing or putting Sophia in this thing was some the pathos bewildering. Is weird in that. Yeah. Yeah. There is some really, really blind. That's weird. There. Yeah, like he's shooting his own kid at the at like and and his and Gio has died like two years earlier. Yeah, it's weird. It's Argento. <laughs> yeah, Mary's uh, death. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I mean physically, physically, Sophia. I mean, she has kind of a snarl where I kind of had this vision of she's a Stallone daughter, you know, or something. Like, but, uh, there's this she physicality. Does feel Stallone-esque. But she could be easily be like, a Stallone daughter. She's supposed to be like a femme fatale, and she's definitely not a femme fatale. Like, she's just not. I, you know, you know uh, what I who I kept thinking of at the time, and I don't think it would have made much, things much better because I th- do think Winona Ryder at that moment probably would have been that's it. I think, but her, yeah, like, her eyes yeah, are haunted. But um. And and hey, bygones are bygones because she did Dracula, right? So they didn't. That's have true. It. Well, but they patched yeah, it but up. I kept thinking. I Dracula, thought of yeah. someone like who else? I was thinking Jennifer Connelly or something when I saw yeah. the hair. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, who who else? Yep. In that moment, had a like was kind of on the rise because what's going on That's with Mary point. at Mia with Sarah. Sophia this is nineties, you know. Mia, well, Mia Sarah, yeah, okay, uh, but like <laughs> no, no promises. That, that, she'd have a better an unknown, an unknown quantity, an unknown quantity is there with Mary with Sophia. Winona at that point was probably just right. And yeah, I, I so wanna, it's it's a very difficult. Thing. I did go on a and, deep and, dive of like yeah. of reviews about strictly you know her her performance, and there was some even Pauline Kael, Dave. I mean, I'm sure you Pauline Kael. Uh, praised some of her performance saying that this California kind of accent or this aloofness <laughs> is, is exactly what should have been for that role, you know, as in the generations of Vito and Michael. And then the one that's just, you know, checked out is the right idea. Right. Ebert liked her too. The wrong actor. Yeah. yeah. Ebert loved her yeah. too. Kale and Ebert were known to have some pretty interesting, uh, hills that they died on. But <laughs> while we're on the subject of Mary Corleone, I got to summon the salad dragon. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> this, I mean, you could pick you could pick a lot of moments, little moments in this movie, but for me, the most sustained dragon moment, just knowing knowing all that we know, is when Mary Corleone goes to visit her cousin Andy Garcia, and they engage in the world's most awkward pasta-making cousin yeah. seduction scene, <laughs> yeah, he gets behind her in the kitchen to teach her how to make it a pasta the way a golf instructor might get behind a student, and he very limply helps her mold some pasta in some yeah. really <laughs> clunky insert shots, and then they just start making out in the most awkward oh. just unappetizing way and you you know that her dad is watching the whole world's watching man it's like steven tyler scoring the sex scene with his daughter in armageddon it's like oh you you just ooh it's it's liquid yeah. cringe squirted directly into your eyeballs yeah. and i yeah. couldn't get enough of it at least tyler I wanted, wasn't I in to the same room it. 
You know, Tyler wasn't in the same <laughs> room, but, you know. <laughs> and she she has scenes with yeah. everyone, you know, she, like we were saying, you can kind of visibly She's see everywhere. it on the actors, especially the yep. Andy, you know, when he's like, oh, baby, don't worry about it, baby. Mm-hmm. And then Pacino is overacting <laughs> Pacino. in his scenes with her. Pacino almost does reaching not across the table her. at her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked about Sophia. Let's t- let's move on yep. to Pacino as Consigliere. So Pacino, he's like four, 40, but he's supposed to be playing like 60. And but <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, he's aged it up. It kind of works because oh. Pacino aged in cr- like many decades in the 80s. Like between Scarface and Sea of Love, I don't know what happened. But he's a different guy. Different he cat. smoked so many cigarettes and he just is a different human being by the time we get to godfather part three yeah his voice changed right about that movie he did with it was it wasn't there in dog day afternoon that's that's godfather two pacino it's it's kind of right there before cruising <laughs> you think Modern so mm-hmm. that's he cha- i thought he yeah. changed in yeah, sea yeah, of love that's where the change comes from. Uh, sea of love no, is way later though yeah yeah there's been a couple changes in the man. Yeah. He's had many eras. Yeah, he, uh, he took a big he took a big chunk of time off, I think, between Revolution and Sea of Love. There was like a four year gap where he got like a lot of stage lost. Stuff. Sea of Love. Sea of Love was a return. Like like he's back. I remember that was ooh, part of the story uh, of that yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But he's definitely in the ooh ah. Dick Tracy came out the same year. And I feel like parts of Pacino's big boy Caprice from Dick Tracy comes out. And Michael Corleone, especially when he's yelling and shouting a lot. Possibly, possibly from his stage experience, right? He's projecting to the back row. Hoo-ah, back there. Yeah. I got some Trump vibes from Michael Corleone in this, especially when he sets up a foundation for his daughter. Especially with Ivanka. <laughs> the Ivanka Mary, that was the note yeah. I was going to make. Was, yeah. Was the, yeah. yeah. You couldn't help but see that a little bit, that that legitimization with the criminality being a part of his life. Uh, his story is about finally doing what Vegas couldn't, right? It's like, yep. and, and maybe yeah. I like that, that the Vatican plot is the seed. That's the plot seed of Godfather 3. I was like, well, that's yep. fine. Like, I can live yep. with that, right? Well, I was hoping with the, you know, the death of Michael Corleone, I mean, focusing on the the, the middle and second act all the way up to Sicily, uh, it's all of his redemption, you know, him him confessing, him uh, getting a yep. forgiveness from Kay, uh, him being more part of his kid's life, you know. Um, so that redemption stuff, you know, I, I thought I thought this cut, or I thought Coppola was going to focus on on that message, and that and that's really I think what brought him to the project uh, initially was was the death of Mario. Seems like it. Rather than all these the, other Vatican plots, the Atlantic out. City meeting of all the dons that gets mowed down by a machine gun on a helicopter. I thought that was an amazing scene. I thought that was exactly what we needed at the exact right time in the movie. But, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, it felt like an action sequence out of like commando to me. Like it was. Hell yes. Why the fuck not? not? Why not? Yeah. Well, that's not really what The Godfather was before. But by the late, by by 1990, that's what action is in, in movies. So. But yeah, prior to that, all we have is the Vincent, you know, the Vincent apartment take, which is a which is an arresting moment of violence um, when he shoots the guy. And, and the, the whole thing is very arresting. And then yeah. and then it's really it's really calm. I mean, this film, just like all the other ones, is very deliberate. <laughs> a lot of paced. whispers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's you know, it's Al Pacino farting around in the kitchen. Um, so when that yep. did come, I, I second that, Matt. That was a uh, kind of a, a shot of adrenaline. I liked it conceptually. I did not. If you watch it. 
as it's directed, I think it's clunky compared to. Yeah, I think it's cut, I think stuff. it's cut clunky. Like there there's some good moments, but they like overdo it or something. Like I felt like it should have been tight tightened up or something. I was I was fully there for it, and then right afterwards we get that kitchen scene where you know just when they thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And when he collapses, there's there's some hilarious clarifying ADR from Talia Shire where she goes, Oh, it's his diabetes. It's his diabetes. Yeah. That's a little salad dragon moment, too. I mean, there's flutters oh. up and down. I think he yells Fredo at one point, too, right? He goes, Fredo! Yes, he, he, he <laughs> doesn't know where he is. He's, he's losing it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's That's a parade true. scene with Garcia dressed up as a cop on horseback when he shoots Mantegna. I like that. We don't know it's going to be him. We don't know it's going to be him. The hits keep silly. coming for a while. Bishy's shaking his head. I mean, all the violence is, it's predictable. Like, you know, as soon as you get into that sequence and you're seeing Joey Montana, Montana walking around, you're like, <laughs> okay, Montana? there's going to be a big violence set piece right here. Well, and everybody's eating and sniffing oranges all the time, which is the hard The oranges are the, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's very predictable. You know, it's going to be very operatic and dramatic like this. We'll get to the opera at the end. And it's just like, you know, this is just like a little, I don't know. Well, I feel like that's why Coppola was hired, wasn't he? I mean, like to, I bet when he wrote this and I know he, uh, there was a, this is the moment where he was bankrupt, I think, uh, or, you know, he very like six weeks to write. Very it. shitty. Yeah. And, and same with Dracula. He was, in oh, a, he man. was in a real destitute kind of place making those movies. But the the map of this, you know, is the first two films. I mean, the beats do pop and glide just like the first two ones. And I have I have other other yeah. beats that we'll talk about that are just echoes well, to those uh, two films. You know. So we're what what you're saying, Dave, is he's playing the hits here. Coppola is playing absolutely, the hits here, absolutely, literally, which doesn't have to be a problem necessarily on a like a superstructure level, like starting with a party, ending with a big a big dramatic thing, like at the end with the opera. Like that doesn't have to be bad, but he's playing the hits with some of the like the way the assassination is set up, and you can't do it again. No, you, you right, is that what you're, like? I'm just it's saying, just, it, you're it, seeing it, you're seeing through it. It comes off. Maybe it's just the magic is gone, but it comes off as hollow with Coppola at this time. Like a lot of and these, I, and I definitely had a couple of moments like that where I felt like he was doing the greatest hits. There's a couple like the, there's a symmetry. It's kind of like the prequels. I mean, you know, like I felt like it's kind of like the prequels of Star Wars, where Star Wars. where we have uh, the cannoli, uh, the, the 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 idea of the cannoli, where where Connie yeah. poisons a cannoli, uh, and, and you know to to kill the dawn, and that's that's you know how can you not think of that famous scene. Of the cannoli, and then also take the cannoli. I think uh, I thought of Mo Green's death, where he gets shot in the glasses, to where um, the takedown of the Swiss banker with physical glasses. I thought, I mean, that, that's like kind of Coppola being a jokester, you know? Um, Killed with your own glasses stabbed into your neck, which is that's just beautiful. Yeah, you like that? Beautiful. <laughs> He's got these like identical twin mimbos that are like his goons. Yeah, there's, look, there's two sets of twins. That look like they just wandered off the set of uh, studs, that dating show on Fox. Yes, it, it, that was of its era. That was of its Definitely. era. That's where you could feel it. Um, there is like the superstructural kind of like echoes of everything. And, and I understand the need to do that so it feels of a piece. But 
uh, at this point, uh, watching Godfather 2, he didn't do that so much. Exactly. There's actually less violence in Godfather 2. Uh, there's less, and he doesn't repeat himself. And I think what we're getting at sometimes for me when I look at these sequels that are part of like, especially coming off a huge movie, is that uh, we live in a, a time right now with The Force Awakens where it's like callbacks are all over the place and there's really nothing. The, those are the it's studio just, notes. It's all, yeah, they are, yeah. yeah. It's a remix. And, I, I, and we're seeing, oddly, the the kind of begin, like just an early manifestation of that to me in Godfather three. And that's something I'll talk about a little bit more, but like this, like, I guess it's appropriate as the first movie to have a big, a sequel, like big movie to have, like become a sequel, yep, a, you know, the first um, part series. two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Godfather three, 16 years later, which is by the way, the same gap between Jedi and Phantom Menace. Yeah. There's parallels. Um, Interesting. <laughs> uh, it's the legacy sequel. It's like after the fact, shouldn't have been made. And we're starting yep. to see this feeling of like, well, I got to make it feel like that, that feeling of warmed over. It's like when yeah. De Palma tries to be De Palma now. It's like, yeah. oh, I got to yeah. be De Palma now. I got to put a They're hiring me here. to be the, to have that couple of feeling, you know? To be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's marking yeah. a different character, a different director here too. Yeah, for sure. A different chapter there's, for Coppola. There's a scene where Mary is talking to her dad about how in love with her cousin she is. And Pacino hilariously deadpans. He's like, he's your first cousin. And then she smiles and says, Then I love him first. Oh! Yeah, yeah that's oh. tone deaf. Listen, there's a double dragon. Double dragon! It's brief, and I don't know how many people remember this, but... There's a mob boss that's meeting with an assassin in Italy. Yeah, dude. And You're talking about Sparrow. <laughs> You're talking about Donkey. <laughs> he, he looks over and out of nowhere looks at the guy's son and says, do the donkey. Do the donkey. And the assassin's son, this sketchy yeah. looking dude, just plops down, grabs his lips and starts ripping into the goofiest donkey impression <laughs> you've ever heard. Uh, 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 uh. It's so surprising and so unexpected that it deserves a place in amber. No, I, I was going to bring that up. That's the only salad dragon, I think, you know, that's clearly oh. a salad dragon because so his good. name is Spara. I, I had to find out who this fucking, you know, guy was. <laughs> Uh, the character's name is Spara, and he comes it's back and does the research. donkey. He does the donkey yeah, does in the Mary takedown scene, right before yeah, he shoots. Yeah, there's a callback to it. Or there's the a mic. callback yep. to it, and I thought that is that supposed to be menacing or something that Vincent Mancini, <laughs> like 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 Mancini so knows? Weird, like, dude. does he know that guy? Does he know that guy when oh. it happens? So it's because it's supposed oh. to be yes, kind of no, one of those. Seth, you're right. The, the yeah. second time yeah. it's He's supposed to be menacing. It. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, oh wait, I'm hearing that's the guy. It's the donkey of death. It's supposed to be, I think, right, going back to like, uh, um, let's say it's Michael and Godfather 2 noticing the, the drapes are open. It's supposed to be one of those kind of yes. precognitive things. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, our, that's what we get in Godfather 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're obviously trying to rein in Diane Keaton's goofy fashion sense. Oh, and, man. But oh, it still man. pops through. It still pops through with like a baffling necklace or a beige, loose-fitting, earth-toned suit. Yeah. Like, she, really, yeah. she really gets to wear whatever she wants, huh? Like whatever she dresses she like what she wears in life. I mean, the, yes. the, it's got to be in her contract. The, o- the opening, you know, the ceremony, the opening scene. She's wearing like a pianist male tuxedo. <laughs> 
with a skirt and then like brooches of a Spanish duke yes. or something. Yeah. <laughs> He just wears whatever the yeah. fuck she wants. <laughs> she's got like a, she she's wants. got like an old lady grandma perm. She looks like my bubka. <laughs> and Ke- Keaton was fine in this, you know. I mean, Kay, she's you know, fine. She, and um, she's she plays scenes. Let me just talk about. Let me I just mean, talk about fine. like when she goes to Rome, and yeah. Pacino surprises her in the car. Yeah. I like laughed out loud. He's like, he's like, oh, no, okay. no. let's go, let's go oh, out yeah. the town. And the whole them going out in the town for one thing. Oh. I don't like it. It doesn't track that she would in any way forgive him. No, no. Give him no. redemption after no. all the shit she's he's put Agreed. her through. Agreed. And honestly, that, yeah. lead, that leads me to the big part of this is like having seen the original part three and Coda. It's it's shocking to me that that was the story Coppola was like, I'm going to tell this version because this was not the none. Of, it all rang false to me. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, especially but Lucas, especially like when you open with him and his family being together, it's like, no, no, no. After the part two, he he's alone. He's completely alone, like period. Like there's nobody left. It doesn't Brother track. Lucas. Yeah. And it doesn't put, put track. Your, put, like, put yourself in Coppola's shoes. What pathway does he have for Michael in a Godfather three then? So if he so, could, you so know. yeah, so I thought I thought long and hard and and this is my live rewrite. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. It's that one scene in part three in, and in Coda that we mentioned already where he's in the kitchen. He's like, I just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Then he has his stroke. It's his diabetes. That should have been like the cold open, like him having the stroke, mm. because mm-hmm. it again should have been like, you know, the Irishman, you know, meets Amadeus or whatever, where he has the stroke. He's delirious. He's by himself. Some nurse just takes him to the hospital and like they call a priest. And, and, and Michael is now telling the priest about all these things he's done that the yeah. audience that we know about, because we've seen part two, but he's telling us like new information that we don't really know about. So then you mm. flash back to the first two films and you show us different scenes like Back to the Future part two, where like like there's other actions happening in the same setups that we'd seen in previous films, but like from a different perspective or angle. And you have it just be him, you know, yeah, confessing or whatever, dying yeah. alone. But like he's he's trying to like, you know, re- can't on his deathbed yeah. or whatever but it's like too late he's gonna die like a haunted man and you just make it like a really sad isolating like little big man or something yeah uh and it's like instead, 90 minutes long yeah but it's instead, not yeah, it's, it's like it opens with no, all this it's a true epilogue yeah yeah it opens with all this like uh pomp and circumstance like the pope is knighting him or whatever the fuck and you got like don Novello in there <laughs> for some reason and it's like why is he in this it's not a comedy Eli Wallach. um and it just rings false to me like i just remember thinking like there's no way any of his family would be anywhere near him like he would be an outcast like he would be an absolute pariah there the ending of godfather 2 doesn't track it's 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 the problem i mean in a in it the reason to be for this movie is already just not it, it it's a hard argument it's money right yeah. but that's it it's a money, it's money. Yeah. setting that aside what's the pathway Both the for sequels michael are money mm. right mm. Mm. 
Quite literally, they nah, greenlit part man. two midway through part one because it was going to be a big hit. How, can, how but, can you not think part two deepens part one, though? You know, uh, I mean, it, it does. I just don't need it. Part one does it all. But anyway, I think, go ahead. I want to well, hear. Go, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. My, my thought is that my thought is the pathway for Michael to become contrite and to to soften and to actually start feeling things for what he did to Fredo. It's very hard for me. And, and, and I think it was the scene with Kay where they're kind of admitting they still love each other after it undercuts that great final scene in Godfather two with them. And yes. it wasn't believable. Um, to me, it was just like, this is just not going to work. Yeah. Like as a, re- like a redemption story in the, in the just broadest sense, isn't going to work for Michael. Although I say that, and I think the confession scene is probably the scene I like the, the most. I, I really, it's great. I like the way it was shot. I thought was- the dialogue, I love the way it was shot. And I thought like, that's, a scene I like to watch as an acting exercise, right? For, for and, yeah. and poor Fredo, but like, it's just not working. And then having, then you have to go like, okay, if he's on the upswing here, like you're saying, Brother Bishke, you're saying, it's like, oh, they're going to kind of have a night, a day out and they're going to start to think about what could yeah. be and maybe he's going to make it and he's going to actually be redeemed. And even the future Pope is saying, oh yeah, you know, you got a chance here, man. It's <laughs> like, all of that is what's being set up for us. We're saying it could work out. But- they also yeah. happen upon a puppet show in Sicily that ah, just yeah. happens to be about two cousins who are in love. So and poetic. the girl's father stabs her through the heart. So poetic. It's like any it's like any school scene in a movie, the lesson will apply directly to the theme of the movie. Yeah. And I guess this, the same goes for puppet shows. But we gotta get to the opera, guys. Good lord. What's going down at this opera? Antony's got his big uh, debut. And uh, everything's in place. Assassins are afoot. We got the master assassins coming. We got the studly, uh, the twin bodyguards facing off against the father and son assassin team. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's some great visuals here. There's the stabbing in the neck with, neck with the glasses. There's the archbishop falling straight I, towards the yeah, camera. That's a great shot. Yeah, that's, some, that's a great shot. The trailer good shot. Shit. Yeah. It's yeah, a good Dracula. shit. And there's the assassin's ruse where he kills one of the twins, but then he makes it look like he's been yeah. strangled. Yeah. And he's he holding the guy there. Yeah. But it's really, it's a fake out. But like, how long was he standing there? Like, that's another Yeah, question. like, and you're from the a sequence. distance. <laughs> if you're from a distance, just let it play out. Like, they're not going to freeze like yeah. that forever if he has them. The sequence but, is uh, like a worked. half an cool. hour long. It just goes on and on and on. It goes on. on and on. And it's confusing. They I don't have know who's. on eating the cannoli, you know, and she's watching him with the spyglass. And he I don't know like who's getting killed or why. Like, it's very confusing. What you're saying with, with confusion is a good point because Godfather 1 and 2 had points of plot confusion. They were like, there was a moment like. I think they all. I was did, like, yeah. wait a minute. When Pantangeli like gets this, killed. <laughs> but Pantangeli gets killed. I remember getting stopped up. He's like, Michael Corleone says hello. What the hell? You know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> You know, there were mm-hmm. there were snags that I had to untangle. Mo Green and all that. Oh, yeah. This one about the great like kind of switcheroo with the money being put into the Vatican's immobilier, you know, corporate like all of that stuff and why this person's getting killed, why Al Neri's doing that, and what you know that got to be where I had to look it up and go, what the hell are that? What is the Vatican's money changer there doing? Or you can just let it wash yeah. over you <laughs> and, and say just watch yeah. the yeah. opera and everybody's getting killed. I wanted it's a literal to give it a chance. Operatic. Yeah. yeah. And then and then there's a mini opera just out on the front steps in which our beloved, sweet, sweet Mary Corleone, the donkey bray rings out in the night. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she is shot. And I I think 
throughout the entirety of this final uh, opera scene, she's mainly just given looks, and I think she's great. Like, she does exactly what she needs to do. She looks sad. She looks dead. And, you know, well done. Well she done played on dead well, yeah. Well, she has that line, you know, she's like, Dad? 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 And then she, like, passes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a laugh, man. It's I, a dad. fucking I laugh. I thought that, like, I thought that was fine. Like, it, well, and another I thought it was fine, saying, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another actor yeah. saying that at the end, a question mark that's kind of dot, dot, dot. Well, the stairs and everything, too. I thought Coppola was doing a, you know, a Battleship Potemkin, you know, like the stair thing with, yep. with Pacino going, you know, like open faced. There's that silent scream. <laughs> and I, and I, was th- I was thinking Coppola in that moment not to have audio there because that just would have been yes. ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. The trivia there, the trivia there is Walter Murch said, take the sound out. I'm sure Murch had was, something to do with smart. it. It was like a full blown no. Yeah, yeah, and then, it was a Darth Vader. No, oh, the ending I just mean, seems butchered. Maybe Lucas can help yeah, us Lucas, on this. But Lucas, the the I was going to mention that you saw the original cut. So yeah. are those 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 hard fade outs? Are those in? God, those the original those cut? are the same. Yeah, no, those those to me like were were identical. Like, but doesn't Michael I, fall over and die in the original he doesn't cut? Slump over in the coda. He that doesn't, doesn't happen in coda. I thought he, he slumped in the coda. My no, no, no. Uh, no they leave it. They leave his torture open. Oh, yeah, so which I thought just, was yeah. better. Yeah, I thought too. that was an improvement. Gotcha. Of Michael Corleone is, is the continued torture because yeah. then he adds a, a text at the end when the Sicilians oh, yeah, wish yeah. you Senteani, it means for long life and a Sicilian never forgets. So he's just going to be tortured in the hell of his own existence forever. Oh, you know, all, all that is fine. About all that is fine, but, but part two did it better, right? Yeah, I mean, part two has all that Same thing. pathos and everything, and, and you don't, and it doesn't play on his face, and it's just brilliant, you know. It's another endless possible. You can get a third possible at Olive Garden, and it's a little smaller and it's a little less uh, formidable, but you can get it, and that's what this one is. So, and Pacino's oh, still alive. Woo. Diane Keaton's still alive. Let's do. <laughs> let's do a fourth pull. Let's do a fourth pull. Let's do a fourth pull. Let's do it one more, and bring Tom Hagen back. Bring bring Duvall back. Duvall's a lot. Oh yeah, back from the. Do you dead. guys know about the fourth film that was that was threatened? This is an Andy which, Garcia helmed fourth film. Which is DiCaprio have, involved or something? Yeah, DiCaprio. Well, it would have been De Niro. It would have been De Niro, De Niro. Uh, uh, as Vito with with Sonny. and it would have been the golden age we never quite saw there in the thirties. Okay. Uh, shit. Juxtaposed with the <laughs> self-immolation of Vincent Mancini in the '80s, which is a story. There's meat there. There's a story there, but it, it, it you know, who cares when Michael who Corleone's off cares? stage? Yeah. So it's like Sunny, a Godfather story, basically. Yeah. Like it's like a it's yeah, like it a part Star two. Wars expanded universe. It was stopped when Puzo died. It was stopped when Puzo died, but it was was threatened. Well, Godfather Three has no—I mean, other than Puzo's name being on the on the top of the film, he, there's no book Godfather Three, right? There's no coda. It doesn't go that long, right? And we're, we're just, not even no. part two, right? Uh, but no, well, part, part two included parts of the book. Yes, but part the three. I don't veto. think part right. three's off the reservation. Yes. I think off the, the last reservation. dawn. I don't know. Well, boys, <laughs> we've been yapping, and we've been uh, we've been going deep. So let's go to them cannoli bones. Oh boy, um, we'll le- we'll leave the first two movies out of this and just talk about the coda because that's what we're here to do. 
Yeah. Uh, let's let's go to Bishki. Bishki, have your piece. Grazie. We've been talking a lot of Star Wars. So if Godfather is to Star Wars, and then Godfather 2 is to Empire Strikes Back, all four bone masterpieces that wonderfully build on each other, some of the greatest cinema in American history, then Godfather 3 is not Return of the Jedi. It's more like mm. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. It's 15 Uh-oh. years too late. The magic is gone. And both movies have one fatal flaw. For episode one, it was Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> For Godfather 3, it's Sophia Coppola. I'm sorry to say. Wow, Sophia Coppola is Mary. Had she been wrong. cast? Had she been cast differently? And I feel terrible for her that she had to be in this, but had she been cast differently, like maybe the film is almost necessary. But mm. Every single scene, so awkward, so cringeworthy. I, I thank <laughs> God that she didn't go into hiding after this and she became a great director mm. that I love. But um, as it stands, the movie's pretty boring. Um, the characters don't track. I think Connie, we didn't really talk about Talia Cher's character, but she doesn't track at all. Like, what does she do? She's like the consigliere. <laughs> To, to Michael, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that doesn't track. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. Technically, George Hamilton is. Well, George Hamilton is George Hamilton, yeah. like yeah, which is terrible. Yeah. terrible. Kay, like, really? Kay doesn't track. There's no way him, you know? after you kill Fredo, those characters give him another chance. Robert Duvall would have been great. They did. They wouldn't pay him enough. That was the trivia on that. That's, that's another what it came another, down another to. point I want to make is why cast John Savage, someone so notable as the son, just to remind us of a that yeah tom hagen's dad completely wasted like, just just yeah. don't even write that character just and cut him out I, that's thankless yeah robert duvall could have really helped the film but he wouldn't do yes. it as it is gordon willis makes it looks like a godfather film and coppola's visual talent's still there so anyway that gives it a half a bone i'm gonna give pacino i actually thought was kind of the glue that held it together i'm gonna give uh, al pacino a full bone one mm. and a half bones for godfather coda <laughs> It's a cash grab, a misfire, should have never been made. But Coppola was deeply in debt from all of his uh, financial failures in the 80s. I love Francis Ford Coppola. It's his dying day, and he is forgiven. (laughs) All right. Amen. Uh, Brother Nathan, what do you got cooking up over there? Well, I I really want to echo Bishke's statements about it. I mean, the the thing I tried to divorce myself from from what any preconceived notions. I mean, it's it's hard not to compare it to one and two, uh, but what we got is what we are talking about tonight. I think it does look like. I mean, it has it has a style to it that is that is untarnished, uh, with a few bars of the main theme over those credits, and then. You know, mm-hmm. the, the way it was shot by Gordon Willis. I think the style is all there uh, and that can fool a lot of people's. And it probably did fool a lot of these these film <laughs> scholars who who trump up part three. Uh, but but that gut, there aren't many. There's a gut grab there where it is a cash. It, it's this cash grab, it, you know, and. I think the fatal flaw coming all the way back to what Bishki was saying is the casting. I mean, that's the fatal flaw of the film. I think with Vincent all the way down the line, Vincent, Sophia, not having Tom Hagen, um, these, these strengthen your, the fabric of your film. And I think maybe something could have transcended, uh, just that sequel itis. Um, and what we got is what we got. 
and it feels light. It feels thin, uh, but the style is there. So it's very confusing. Uh, I, I am a Coppola yeah. fan till I die. I mean, I love, I love Godfather one. I love the conversation. It's one of my favorite films, probably number two of my favorite yeah. films of all time uh, as a character study. And I feel I, I really miss that filmmaker, but uh, he's gone. Apocalypse now killed that guy. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but but there's there's some there's really some things to like i i really love the theatrical uh presentation of dracula uh you know so so it's been rocky uh, as a fan of his and this is another one where it's like I, I, how am i going to revisit this compared to those other ones you know so uh i'm not as i'm not as mean as bish uh i think i think Mm-mm. pacino did kind of carry this and uh he's a very different michael than the other two and i admire that he didn't just do you know what he did before, so I'm giving it two bones. Two bones. Nothing higher than that. Yeah. All right, uh, brother Seth. I would say that I'm jumping off of what what's been said up here. Um, I do again getting back to this idea that we're we're living in a legacy sequel time, and this is kind of one of those early outlying films that shows this this need to go back to the well of something yep. that sh- that's been it shouldn't have been made. It's been too long. So he comes back here and, and, and what you want from these films is you want something um, that doesn't simply extend this story and do more of what you like. You want something that maybe actually fills in gaps that weren't there in those in the first two or, you know, with Godfather three, I'm thinking about this. Sometimes it happens. I, I keep thinking of the Star Wars sequels where it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, Rise of Skywalker is the nightmare of that. Whereas Last <laughs> Last Jedi, in a way, with the right, it, it's, it's trying to do something where it's like, I'm going to look at those films and I'm going to try to do something new with it, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Godfather 3, though, and, and a coda is the right word. It's not a part three. It's like an appendix to yep. Godfather 1 and 2. I don't want that. I want three full volumes. I don't want two full volumes and a slim little thing that's like, here's some added stuff to... So you know how Michael Corleone died. <laughs> um, right. So I don't know what the story is there because Michael's uh, redemption, his contriteness doesn't feel real to me. So that's the pathway. It's the only story. The other pathway is an 80s story about how the mob changed, became more ruthless and became more business, even more business oriented and more deadly. That could be there with the Mancini story. It doesn't have to be with a Godfather movie. And that story is, I think, taken up. It's interesting that Godfather uh, Godfather 3 came out the same year as Goodfellas, yeah. which is a story of that kind of getting into that era. And then I think The Sopranos took this baton uh, yeah, it did. That's that's suggested by Mancini. So you don't need the story at all. Who cares about that character? It's a new character. You want Michael. <laughs> you want Vito. That's it. So I'm going to say to me, uh, the other thing is it felt... <laughs> Felt like felt like a bit of a, a TV movie, and it felt long like this would be made. Like mm, I said, as a long mm-hmm. form, a long form prestige show right now. Um, TNT if it was made. presents, and, and and then it made <laughs> it got me into a whole. Saga. It did. It got me into a whole thing about how in the '90s movies like this were the prestige Oscar two two VHS tape Oliver Stone yep. Oscar movies, and and you know so structurally the original we don't, VHS the original VHS release was gold. Yes. Cool. Well, structurally, we don't have these movies anymore. You know, this type of movie. Um, and that's I don't know if I'm lamenting that or not. And I don't think this is a good example of that. So I'm going to give it two bones, two bones from Brother Seth. And I'm going to say just watch The Sopranos. Just skip it. I hear it. All right. Oh, look, look how they massacred my hothead. How many how many bones is he going to give it? Oh, what do you got, Lucas? 
Oh, man, there's really not much more I can say that we haven't already chopped up and <laughs> dissected and talked about. Add, add, add to the marinara. Ad nauseum, yeah. <laughs> throw, throw it in the marinara. But yeah, I think to piggyback off what Brother Seth was uh, saying and, and Brother Nathan, too, like pretty much everyone uh, is the cast, right? Like if, if you're not going to get a Marlon Brando or Robert Duvall, um, and you have no flashbacks with James Caan or, or, you know, whatever, it's like, you got to give us, um, more interesting actors or, or better stars than Andy Garcia or, or Joe Montana or Eli Wallach, like, or Talia Cher, even as much as I like her, like, I don't need to have her be this lady Macbeth or whatever, like all of a sudden, cause you're right. It doesn't track like none of this tracks. It all just feels like a cash grab, money grab. And the fact that, yeah, Robert Duvall has been very upfront and open about why he did not do it because they wouldn't meet like, you know, I think it was Diane Keaton was getting one point five million and that's what he wanted. And they were like, no. And he was like, then I'm not doing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish having seen three in Coda, I just wish Coppola had made the Coda like like Brother Seth said even shorter because it's not part three. It's just this appendix, yeah. it's just this epilogue. So why yes. not just make it 90 minutes or, you know, an hour and 45 minutes or whatever it is and just show us the Al Pacino, Michael Corleone scenes only. And yeah, if he's in a scene with Sofia Coppola, well, obviously you still have that scene, but whatever other scene she's in without him, you just omit it. Like, and I guarantee yeah. you the story would still <laughs> make sense. But then we'd lose the pasta scene. It, it would still work. We're never going to know how to make it to pasta. And I think, you know, back in 1990, you know, if someone just like told them like, dude, just cut out your daughter completely you might get the Oscars like you might save this, but he didn't. And she is so distracting and like her ADR is so low grade. It just doesn't do her any favors. I have to give this one bone. One bone from the hothead. <laughs> All right. So we we got a bit of a we got a bit of a spread on the lower lower end of the spectrum here. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to bust your balls and belabor this too much more. <laughs> but I will say. If I feel like part two doesn't need to exist, I really don't think part three needs to exist. So that said, I enjoyed it as a, basically a popcorn gangster movie. I enjoyed the commando section in Atlantic City. I enjoyed Andy Garcia's over-the-top uh, metamorphosis from, you know, street hood to Mafia Don. And I even enjoyed Sofia Coppola once I got on the level of it. You know, I'm just like, okay, it's not going to be this towering classic of cinema. So what is it? And how can I get on its wavelength to enjoy it the most for what it is? And I feel like I, I feel like I walked that tightrope because I did enjoy it. And by the time we got to the opera and by the time I heard that donkey call... I was in. I was like, sure. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? I was keeping it separate from the legacy a bit and just enjoying it for what it was. And for that, I give it two and a half bones. Wow. It's a big old movie. It's an entertaining movie. It's not great. But hey, I had fun. I'll tell you this. Part two is one of the most depressing movies in existence. Part three is a whole lot of fun. <laughs> All right, as, I'm just putting it out there. I'm I mean, just putting it out there. As Consigliere Lodge Master, 
What? How many bones do you give part two for the record? Wait, 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 no, I I just want to uh, know if you if you drop more my, bones on three than two, I'm gonna lose my me. bones for no part way. two are my own business. It stays <laughs> okay. in the family. Okay, I'll I'll whisper them into your ear in person, but that's it. Okay, and you keep them with you to your grave. Okay, it's a very personal, very personal. Bone. You whisper, you whisper but to your consigliere. You tell me sometime. <laughs> I'm not gonna put it out there because I I. I can't have that come back to me. You know, I can't I can't have the other families use it against me. This is about protection here. So part three, two and a half bones. I'm on the high end and make of that what you will. Nice. Boys, we fucking did it. We did we took, it. We took them all the way through. We might have to split this into two episodes. Epic, yeah. epic. Just two with, tapes. With an intermission. <laughs> with an intermission. <laughs> two tapes. And then we could re-edit it and make it a sequential <laughs> yeah. and uh, make it a put saga. a new coda on it. So thank you guys for coming on and and taking us through this journey, brothers this journey Seth together. and Nate. Grazie. This was my whole grazie. weekend, guys. This was my whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good or bad? This is so many cumulative hours. Uh, <laughs> it was enjoyable. Yeah. I actually we uh, I, I was also a revisit of Coppola too, just to Absolutely. to. I think Coppola still comes out real well. Is that like as far as the consensus? Coppola still in your heart of hearts, guys. Still a still there for you even despite oh, absolutely. He's, absolutely. He's, absolutely he's the number one guy you want to have dinner with you know what i mean yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> sophia still i love her my for me oh, personally yeah. oh, he's yeah. in my he's my top three coppola and it and and i think as as a uh, example of someone who's lived experiences so it infuses everything he does it's still there in godfather three it's just the mojo's gone. Agreed. All right, boys. Love and light to you and your entire family back in Sicily. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. I'm your little cousin. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. It's his diabetes. Dad? Dad? That's the movie I took notes on, and that's the movie I'm here to talk about. Sophia Coppola. That's the movie I took notes on, and that's the movie I'm here to talk about. I have to give this one bone. The Donkey of Death. <laughs> Grazie.